Show number 19 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Now that we've done enough scrambling around to try and get everything ready to actually do the show, we should do the show. Let's do the show, okay. and let's call it Show 19. Okay, show number 19. I think this is a show with an identity crisis, because you can't decide whether it's a teenager or whether it's an adult. Yeah, 19 is, it's, it's a useless number. It is, so this is I bet of, it has never come up as a, a lotto-winning number, <laughs> ever. 19, ever. It's nobody's lucky number. It's nobody's lucky number. Nobody. And we're only doing it so we can get to 20. <laughs> this is true. So this is the disorganized show where we have way too much stuff to talk about, and it's in no order. So this is, look at his butt if you can find it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we're going to try. We're, we're going to try to find it. Okay. Um, so, see, I don't even know what we're going to do first. Okay, I know what we're going to do first. What? We have a whole bunch of stuff we want to go through quickly. <laughs> okay. Um, not to, to cut anything short, but um, you guys are, are just being so good about sending us interesting comments, interesting stuff, plus, you know, things are happening on the web, mm-hmm. things are happening in, in the real world, you know, all track and Shatner mm-hmm. related, of course, and sex toy related, that we have to talk about all these now, so we're going to try and talk about a bunch of them A bunch quickly. of them, right. So, um, let me do, <clears throat> excuse me, man, I can't even talk. Um, let me do two really quickly that we can just knock off one like you that. You go. One is that a couple people um, wanted to make sure that we knew that um, James Dewan's ashes are being sent into space, just like Gene Roddenberry's. Mm-hmm. Okay, we know about that. Yes. You know, I'm kind of thinking that it's like environmentally not really correct to do that. Why? Well, it wastes all that fuel and everything. Well, it's not like they're making a special trip. They're not? No, he's going up in a, in a trip that was happening anyway. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't yeah, know Yeah, they take it along and, and, and shoot it out in a, in a sunglass case, just like they did Spock's body. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if it lands on the Genesis planet? Well, okay, I don't that's going to be that. interesting, but um, there, there is going to be bagpipes involved. Oh, okay. For Scotchy. Okay, Scotchy. <laughs> Okay, so that so thank you all the people who wrote in to say yes we knew about that and then um, oh my god the I can't, seventh thing the seventh oh the seventh thing thank you very much several people did write in to say that um, there's this very very funny video of William Shatner doing a parody of the movie Seven starring himself in several different roles and this was actually done for the MTV um, music uh, no it was a movie awards several years ago and uh, it was directed by Ben Stiller mm-hmm. who's a huge Shatner fan yes who goes and to and goes to his parties and yeah. is in the cult with Henry Rollins. That's right. Um, and it's really, really good. And you can find it in a lot of places online. Um, someone told me that if you go to um, the Google where you can look up videos and you type in Shatner, it's like one of the first things that turns up. Okay. Which I thought was really and, good. Yeah, and a number of people have, have have written to us saying, do you guys know about this? And mm-hmm. yes, we do. It's we very do know funny. About this. very entertaining. And, and it's really funny to see William Shatner saying, what's in the fucking box? <laughs> Because it's always funny to see celebrities swearing. Yeah. There's something about that that makes yeah, me laugh. It does. Yeah. Um, okay, another quick Star Trek thing, which is that um, they have announced that there's going to be another Star Trek movie, and now everybody can stop sighing and rolling their eyes, because that's what we did when we heard there was going to be another Star Trek But let Trek me just movie. point out yeah. that if you're about to, you know, walk away from the show, and or you're thinking, I need a beverage, I need a snack, this would be the time, because the main thing you need to know about this movie 
is it has nothing to do with TOS or Kirk or Shatner. So Pretty we're much. mentioning it briefly. We're just mentioning as a it. Courtesy. It's listed in IMDb as Star Trek: The Beginning, The Beginning of What Nobody Knows. The produ- the release date is two thousand seven. So who knows? Um, another clue that this is going to suck is that um, Rick Berman actually wrote the story, <laughs> so you know it's going to be bad. Wait, I'm looking at the screen. I got to tell you this. And it says writing credits, Rick Berman, and then in parens it says story, and I swear when I first glanced at it, I thought it said Rick Berman. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so You were hoping appropriate. this would be good, but sorry, but sorry it's Rick it's Berman. It's not. <laughs> Berman's writing it. Oh, my God. And um, the big news was that they announced a director who's Russell Mulcahy. Russell Mulcahy, he's a bad director, okay? He used to do music videos for Human League and Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. And then he did the Highlander movies, and y'all know how bad they were. Did he by any chance direct Impulse? <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> that was before his time. Oh, okay. So, you know, Russell Mulcahy, he's a guy who likes those high production values that you often saw in Duran Duran music videos, but he's a little short on story. Okay, well, that's why they have Rick Berman. Sorry. So, you know, what I've heard is that it's not, like you said, it's not TOS, it's not even Enterprise, it's something else. Not So it's the beginning of what? I don't know. I don't know if it's supposed to be an Academy movie, or it's like pre-Academy, or what, or... Is it about Star Trek babies? Because I, I hate know. Star Trek babies. Oh, God. I, you you know. know, there's a whole series of Star Trek characters in preschool stories. I know. It would be... I can't even think about that. It's Ow. making my head hurt. Ow. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Make it stop. Ow. Okay, next topic. It's like, we covered that. It's like Easter egg vinegar in your eyes. <laughs> it will abuse you in such a, an unsafe <laughs> manner, manner that you will drink poison and piss honey. Yes. <laughs> um, I can't believe I remembered that. That Good was great. Um, let me just say one thing. I have to get this in because this is my little snarky rant. Um, another thing that people were talking about this week was that Steven Spielberg gave an interview somewhere to somebody and in it he said, um, let's see, he tells the Hollywood Reporter, a good movie will bring you inside of itself just by the sheer brilliance of the director, writer, production staff. But in the future, you will physically be inside the experience which will surround you top, bottom, on all sides. I've invented it, but because patent is pending, I can't discuss it right now. Okay, you know what this sounds very much like? What? When Microsoft announces they're making software that they have no intention of making, it will never be made, and they're only saying they are making it because they heard somebody else is making it and they don't want it to sell. Yeah. So they announce, and nobody buys the other thing that's real because they're thinking, well, the Microsoft (laughs) one will will run under Windows. Like, anything really runs under Windows. Uh, Well, you can... So he's going uh, Microsoftian on us. They could well be. So I just want you guys to know that... After I read that, I went to the Patent and Trademark Office database, and I looked. Now, the Patent and Trademark Office database has a database of issued patents and a database of applications for patents. So anybody who submits an application, meaning the patent is either pending or it's being reviewed, it's in there. And because it's a public database, you can't hide it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I I was browsing around online and somebody was saying, oh, well, if there's a lot of secrecy, they won't put the details online. Yes, they have to. It's a public record. It's like a voting record. You can't hide stuff just because you want it to be secret. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the point of a patent yeah. is that you have to disclose what the information is. So bottom line is I could not find any patent applications with his name on it. And on the patent application, there is a place for the inventor's name as well as the person who's applying who would presumably be his lawyer or DreamWorks or something mm-hmm. like that. So basically, I want to say that this is bullshit. 
It's, it's vaporware. <laughs> it's vaporware. He's just making that up. He doesn't have a patent. No, nothing patented. No application. It's Dreamware by DreamWorks. Dreamware. Okay. So don't get excited about inhabiting a Spielberg movie anytime. Because he's lying. Soon. He's he's lying. He's always lying. Okay. Next. Next. That was great. We're just ripping We're through this stuff. We're whipping through it. What do you want to talk about now? Okay. Well, news in the Shatner world. Yes. This, this week, as many of you may have known, mm-hmm. may have heard, uh, Bill was taken to the hospital from the Boston Legal Set with low back pain. And it turns out he had a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. He did not have to stay overnight in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But... um. He posted to his website that he passed the kidney stone, so congratulations. Yeah. Now, now, of course, us being us, when we first heard about the low back pain, the first reaction was, oh, you know, he was having sex with somebody and yes. just, you know. Threw his back out. Threw his back out. Because he's an enthusiastic lover. Yeah, of course. So that was what we thought. And, you know, that could still be true in addition to the kidney stone. Right. Yeah. And um, our, our good buddy Gregory Gray came up with a, a wonderful <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, report on this that was posted to our blog. So yeah, so. thanks. Thanks, Gregory. And if you haven't seen that, you should definitely hop over there and take a look because it's very funny and short and got a, a cute little picture to go along yes. with Yes, yes. So... Uh, we're glad it was nothing really serious for Bill. Yes. Yay. Yay. Other news for Denny Crane. Yes. Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Um, it was reported that Denny Crane on Boston Legal is going to have a love interest, an actual love interest, as opposed to all of the other love interests that have been on the show who are like old girlfriends or women he used to bang, basically. Or women he wanted to bang. Or, or yeah. we were being threatened with him banging them like Candace Bergen. Right, right. But now he's going to have a real love interest who is going to be in the form of Joanna Cassidy. Of whom we approve. Who is a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful actor. Um, You may remember her from a long time ago when she was in Blade Runner. But she's been in lots and lots of stuff since then. And she played T'Pol's mother on Mm -hmm. Enterprise. And her name was something like T'Sting or something. I can't remember (laughs) what it was, okay? Somebody will tell us. Uh, so we're very happy about that, and she's the kind of actor who could really stand up to him and, and play against him and not be um, all passive and let his, uh, his Shatnerness overshadow her. Well, and it's also, I think it's, it's a real interesting opportunity for some very good character development mm-hmm. of Denny, because we've seen this, this superficial, you know, horniness that he's a real Lothario and mm-hmm. has had so many women, blah, 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 and... Uh, we might see something beyond that yeah. with this. She might rattle his cage a little bit. So we're very much looking forward to it. Yeah, so she's going to be his love interest in um, three upcoming episodes. I also wanted to mention this other thing. It says that um, Michael J. Fox is scheduled to guest yeah. star in the series also for three episodes. This is from Trek Today. Um, Fox, Fo- Michael J. Fox retired from weekly television series because he has Parkinson's disease. It says he will play an executive officer struggling with lung cancer. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. here it says, to Paul's mother, to Les. To Les. To lesbian. To lesbian. <laughs> As uh, Alan Short would say. Yeah. That's very yeah. funny. All right. Yay. Okay. Um, what else? Should we... Um, should we do the spanking thing? Let's do the spanking thing. Okay. Because we haven't talked about sex toys or anything so far. The spanking thing. <laughs> That's good. You do that really well. Oh, thank you. I, I like have a little that. practice. Just a little practice. Okay. Why are we talking about spanking? Because why not? Why do we talk <laughs> well, about anything? Spanking. Top of the list. Okay. So there was a post to the Shatner website. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I want to say that I am shocked. Shocked. <laughs> Because these are people, there are people on that website who got upset when I was saying, 
I'm doing a podcast called Look at His Butt, and it's about Bill's butt. Bill's butt is private. It is its own personal business. Mm-hmm. And then... And then this shows up, which is a really bad, bad Photoshop of Kirk spanking Uhura. Oh, look. I think it got <gasps> taken down. They took it down. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to put in a link, but now okay. I can't. Well, we'll tell you. It was it a down. really bad Photoshop. Oh, somebody reposted it. Okay, there we go. Of Kirk spanking Uhura. And he looks bored to death. He does. And she's yawning. And here's the most amazing thing. She has no butt crack. She has no butt crack and she has no butt cheeks either. Right. It's just like flat. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it's just flat. It's nothing. But the strange thing about this is many years ago we were going through some zines and we found a drawing of Spock spanking Kirk. And Kirk, in the drawing, had no, no butt but, crack. Yeah. So, you know, this is worth exploring a little bit. In the 23rd century, have they done away with butt cracks? Which I think would make <laughs> it a much poorer place. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scared that people would think, um, A, that this was kind of a, a, a funny or a sexy thing. And that if they went to the trouble of photoshopping this, that that's the way they made the butt look? Yeah. What's up with that? Well, you could go online and find real photos of butts being spanked yeah. and you could Photoshop it in. I don't know. But also, on the topic of media spanking, <laughs> I get uh, periodically this list of spanking stories you can send away for. And it is fucking expensive. <laughs> Would you pay $9 for a spanking story? No way, man. No way. But I want to know how they get away with this because we've been in contact with enough people in the zine world mm-hmm. to know that they are always sort of afraid of being of having Paramount or whatever, whatever come after them because they're supposedly making money on this and, and they say, well, it's just covering the cost of printing and, and sending it out. But nobody has gone after these people and they're really commercial about it. There is a spanking story, costs $3, kind of reasonable, the lost episode of Remington Steel. Wow. And let me read you the synopsis. When an heiress is abducted by white slavers... <laughs> Like, this happens all the time. All the time. Just last week. I, you know, I read about it. Remington is hired to rescue her. Nobody hired Miss Holt. And not having watched Remington Steele, I don't know if she's a real character. I don't know. But she follows Remington to the sheik who holds the heiress. Both the heiress and Miss Holt discovered that severe spankings on the bear are how the sheik deals with uppity women. In fact, he has a special servant for the purpose. And it is the lost episode of Remington Steele. Wow. That's pretty good. I wonder if Remington gets spanked, too. Probably not. Oh, see, I would like that. Well, that's in the women getting spanked um, section of this so-called catalog, which is really (laughs) just a badly Xeroxed list. See, I think we should get this. This we may have to send for because it, it is called, there's two of them, the 30 Best TV Spankings 1. 30 Best TV Spankings 2. And what it is, is this person, C.J. West, has said, you know, on TV there, there are always women, apparently only women, who need to be spanked. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there have also been threats, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and occasionally you did see a spanking, like Ricky spanked Lucy, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, pretty lame. And so this person has written the stories of apparently the way it should have been. So, again, how are they getting away with this? Mm-hmm. But I think we are going to have to send for it just to see... If he does, Alana of Troyes, that the episode where Kirk mentions spanking, spanking. <laughs> ah, the words coming out of his mouth. So yeah. we are gonna we um at some point we will get that little um, 
audio capture of Kirk saying those words. And like, we'll get it and put it on this show. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because yeah. we need to. And then and we'll that, drop it in wherever we want to. And that is the only reason I like that episode. The only reason I own that episode is... For that one line. For that. Yeah. That works for me. Wait, you want to read the description? Oh, sure. Television has been full of girls and women who could benefit greatly from being put over someone's knees for an old-fashioned pants-down spanking. There have been many threats, but few consequences, and of course none done properly. <laughs> now, C.J. West has leptol. <laughs> leptol. This isn't even poop Is that right. a Yiddish word? <laughs> yeah, he's leptol. Into the void and collected the 30 best TV spankings or threats of all time and combined them with his rendition of what really should have happened. CJ is, of course, not constrained by television censors. Wow. See, I, I think we're going to have to get that yeah, and report on to it. To get both of them, it's $30, yeah, well, but, you know. we could get one, 15 you know, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we could do that. We also I probably should just point out that um, this list is a source of hilarity every time it shows <laughs> yeah. up. And one, uh, I think maybe about a year ago or something, had a story that involved gangsters who spank people <laughs> when they do not pay their debt. And <laughs> spanking gangsters. Spanking gangsters. And we both decided that once you've got spanking gangsters, there's almost nowhere you can go to top that. Oh, spanking gangsters. <laughs> Say that three times fast. That's a good band name. Um, okay, that that's great. I like that a lot. And I wanted to finish up this segment with one more piece of email from, um, um, I was going to say a viewer, but no, it would be a listener. It would be someone who actually listens to us. And um, this is from someone who signs themselves Pussycat Purrs. It's another fan in Australia. We seem to have a lot of fans we are being... in weird places. I mean, far away places like Australia and New Zealand and Turkey. And Israel. Israel. Yeah, it's great. So we're thrilled. Um, so Those scientists in Antarctica are better listening to us, too. <laughs> they just haven't written. Please write us. Really? So the email says, just wanted to let you know I love your show. You really do need to rename it Look at His Butt and Sex Toys Chat. But what sort of weird people might you get with that as a search string? Um, no weirder <laughs> than the ones we already get, I'm sure. <laughs> no weirder than we are. Oh, really? They, um, they'd fit right in. So she says, anyway, just wanted to let you know, you both know that I own the Doc Johnson Eye Rabbit. Thank you to my boyfriend who bought it as a Christmas gift. And I really enjoy it. Um, I don't think that there are that many with remote controls here in Australia, although remote sounds like a pretty good idea, but the more expensive ones certainly seem to have them on the base. Mine, however, does have four AA batteries, not those silly watch things. Anyway, you really get used to the controls after a while, and you just pick your favorite one and have at it. I like that expression, (laughs) have at it. It only has two movements, the rabbit, hence known as the buzzy thing, and the Johnson, for want of a better word. I (laughs) love that. That's probably why it is named that. There are three different sorts of movements for each. Yay, variety is the spice of life. So that sounds better than what you were describing last time where there were too many different variables. But what I'm thinking, and I'm so glad to have this input from Mm -hmm. someone who's actually used it. Yeah, I can see putting it on your favorite setting Mm -hmm. and having at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's fine. But part of what I like about the remote is I can can change the settings in in the Mm -hmm. middle of having at it. Yeah. And if it's going to be too complicated for me, well, we heard how I was with the communicator and how well I am, how well I handle equipment and things that involve buttons and controls. Technologies, so yeah. I think it might be beyond me. But I want to give a big bravo to this person's boyfriend oh, who buys her yes. sex toys. And we had another email from somebody saying he had bought mm-hmm. That's sex right. toys That's for, right. his, for his wife, I believe it was. Yes. And I, I just think that 
is wonderful. The man in my life has bought me sex toys. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful thing. So all you men who are listening out there, buy your your beloved um, a gift certificate to Good Vibrations yes. or something. Well, I also want to point out um, in my house, it's it's kind of a tradition that when certain people give us gifts of money, mm-hmm. not everyone, but there are certain people, we feel we, very conservative sort of people, we feel we must spend it on something that would absolutely shock them if oh, they ever found out idea. about it. So one year for Christmas, I was able to buy $150 worth of sex toys. <laughs> and I was totally supported by my love oh, in that's, this. Oh, that's wonderful. In this endeavor. <laughs> That's heartwarming. It is, even. isn't it? it is. I not, probably should have saved that for our Christmas oh, special. Well, no, it wasn't even treacly. It was just really nice and sweet. Good. <laughs> so we didn't hit a smarm spike. No, it wasn't smarmy. Not okay. at all. It was just good. All right. But maybe we could write a story where, where Spock gives Kirk 150 quatloos <laughs> or whatever to buy sex toys. Maybe. Um, and Kirk buys peeps. <laughs> I think maybe it should be a Secret Santa story. (gasps) Oh, you're evil. You are evil. Well, you know, somebody has to come up with these ideas. I bet they do have Secret Santas on the Enterprise in some people's world. Yeah. Where they sing Christmas carols in sick bay, (laughs) perhaps? Maybe. Okay. But just imagine what sorts of gifts would get exchanged for Secret Santa. All those trips down to Rigel 7 to the big sex toy emporium. Woo-hoo! All right. Run okay. By Trudy. Um, so this is great, and I think that's our first segment. So now we're going to, I know, because we just can't shut up. So now we're going to watch um, Alan and Denny go ice fishing. Yes. And we'll be back to talk about that after this short musical interlude. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com So, A... Denny Crane, eh? Denny Crane, eh? Ice fishing. Ice fishing. It almost was ice fishing. It was amazingly close to ice fishing. <laughs> Stunning. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Boston Legal. Um, the actual title of the episode is something like Finding Nemo Bay. Yeah, I know. I saw that. That was pretty funny. But it will live in our hearts as <laughs> Alan and Denny go ice fishing. Because it had all the elements of um, a cliche first time Falling in love story. Including a really torturous way of getting them into bed together. Yes, yes. And for those of you who've been with us since the beginning, I think <laughs> on our first or second show we talked about this because James Spader had spilled the beans that they were going to mm-hmm. have this bedroom scene that they had filmed. And so we were speculating about how could they end up in bed together. Mm-hmm. My idea was that there were two beds and 
One was piled high with electrical equipment, and they had to share because they were building a time machine to go back to the 1930s and save Edith Keeler. Right, right. And I think my idea was just as believable as what they came up with. It's true. You know, I I think they were almost, um, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think David Kelly was almost making fun of the whole idea. Like, they had this funny idea to have the two of them wake up in bed together and jump out of bed and go, oh my God, what's going on? And basically have Spader spit out a a bunch of really stupid excuses that are completely unbelievable. So maybe it wasn't even supposed to be serious. I don't know. Well, I don't think it was supposed to be serious. I do think it's quite possible that he was making fun of this whole fan phenomenon. Could be. Anytime there's a show with two men in it, you end up with Slash. But then I was thinking, okay, so what would have been a more believable Mm -hmm. way to get them in bed together? And I was thinking, okay, there's there's the two beds, so one bed does become unusable. Mm -hmm. Is more believable than a grown man going, I was scared, so I laid down with you, mommy. Um, um, and I was thinking, okay, so the, the roof leaks and it rains mm-hmm. on Spader's bed. And then I thought, now we're even closer to the ice fishing cliches <laughs> because it always starts craft to rain. Break. Yeah, exactly. So they need to go to a cave and Alan goes into the pond far, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> so in case you don't watch Boston Legal and you never will, here's what happens. Oh, okay. Just because, you know, they might want to know. So, um... In the in last week's episode, last week on Boston Legal, um, Alan broke up with, or Tara broke up with Alan, and um, so Denny was feeling like Alan just needed to get away, and he took him um, ice fishing. No, he took him regular fishing. <laughs> salmon fishing. <laughs> salmon fishing. But the salmon were very cold and turning blue, so it right, was, it was ice, fishing. ice fishing up in British Columbia, and so they have to get there, and it's at this very exclusive place that you can only get to by helicopter, and um, beautiful, beautiful. Scenery. It was oh. really, and you were just telling me that they actually went up there. Yes, they did. Which is sort of unusual for a series to actually go on location Mm -hmm. from Hollywood to do this. Um, It it was very nice. And um, to add to the humor, the wacky slapstick humor of the situation, (laughs) Alan ends up catching lots of fish and Denny doesn't catch any. Um, And they are in their little, their nice, I was going to say their little cabin, but it isn't really a little cabin. It's sort of this luxurious So it's kind of... Funny to think that, okay, if it's this luxurious cabin, why are there two twin beds yeah, in one bedroom I, and that's it? Unless they're sleeping in the room intended for the kids. I don't know. Maybe. You know. So they, they have a little um, pillow talk, sort of, before yes. they go to bed, which was kind of nice, you know, um, trying hard to do the bonding thing. And um, Denny was reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which was sort of interesting. I was going to ask you, I know nothing about that book. What well, would you infer from that? It's. I take it more as... Um, Shatner's comment on the situation. So Tibetan Book of the Dead is like, uh, you know, um, deals with mystical things and metaphysical concepts and isn't, has a lot of stuff that influenced the Beatles back in in the day when they were taking lots of acid. And John Lennon took parts of that and put it in some of his more psychedelic songs. And That's really interesting for Denny to be reading. Yeah, yeah. So it was an interesting choice. Like, you know, is it just one of those things that Denny's reading because he has mad cow disease or is... (laughs) You know, or is Shatner deliberately selecting that for some reason? I don't know. It was just an interesting choice. And, you know, they talk about what they're frightened of, which was kind of funny. Yeah. It also had kind of a funny Star Trek joke in mm-hmm. it about Klingons. About Klingons. And then they go to sleep, and then the next morning um, you'll see in our screen caps <laughs> that um, they wake up together and, and uh, Alan makes some lame-o excuses about I was scared during the night. I so. heard a noise. I thought it was a bear. Yeah. So he climbed into bed with Denny. Yeah, and then they slept the whole night very, very cozily together. In a single bed. Yeah. Two 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 pudgy pudgy guys. guys. (laughs) 
So that's a little unusual, although I did like Shatner's pajamas. Yes. Those were pretty classy. Those were. So you'll see. We we did screen capping, and you'll be able to see for yourself. Um, and then uh, <laughs> I thought that bit at the end was very funny when they finally come back to um, the firm and they get out of the elevator, still in their fishing gear, their waders. And so presumably they were on the airplane. Plane, smelly and, and dirty and everything. And, and um, Candace Bergen's character and, and Odo sees them <laughs> and kind of look at them weird. And Shatner says, Shirley looked at us kind of funny. Do you think they know we slept together? <laughs> and I Alan like says. Alan's response of, um, well, maybe you still have that glow. <laughs> was great it was great and the other thing about this episode is that twice the patented shatner swallow and i've screen capped one of them so you can see he's doing it still doing it still doing it the other thing that appeared in this episode because it is in shatner's contract Mm -hmm. kirk light oh there was kirk light there was kirk light in the uh in the cabin scene in the bed scene Mm -hmm. and we screen capped that so you'll see it. so that was a lot of fun and we also on the subject of kirk light this was not an email that came to us but it was posted to a group that mm-hmm. i'm a member of and uh we were they were talking about alexander the great mm-hmm. and in the course of the conversation somebody said have you seen the screen cap jungle kitty posted like it was you know i was <laughs> one who capped it which of course i wasn't and uh and this other person said, oh, yes, very nice. And so I wrote in and I said, you must have unbelievably high standards of butt shots if you think that is very nice. Because you can see actual bare naked cheek. <laughs> and uh, someone else posted this. So why don't you read that? And it says, mm, yes, the Alexander butt shot is scrumptious, but walking through the, salon- the saloon doors is definitely tops. Who knew there was such a thing as posterior Kirk Light? Even if he wasn't Kirk in that particular role. So that was, that's a wonderful comment. That came from Trex Kitten is, is her name. And I, I, the whole idea of posterior Kirk Light, I think, yeah, probably yeah. right after they invented Kirk Light, they went, oh, we could put this on oh, his butt. butt. Amazing. Yeah. Watch and the that explains, the um, you know, the way he's lit when he goes up and down those stairs. Because it is a fine thing. So we thank you all for your powers of observation. And and the many people who have commented on uh, things like Kirk Light and saying that they never noticed it before. And and all of the people who said, I never thought about his butt before. And, and now I see it. Mm-hmm. They've seen the light. They've seen the seen light. The Kirk, the Kirk Light on his butt. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, while we're talking about William let's, Shatner. Let's get Pine Tree's list of things we need to look at. Okay. I also want to mention that I, I got a very nice email from a guy named Eric San Juan. I don't know if that's oh, his yes. real name or not. Um, but he came to listen to our show because he was listening to my other show, which is about comics. And um, he, he liked this very much. And he says, um, I'll, I'll check out Look at His Butt, mostly because William Shatner is a god descended upon Earth to bless us with ironic cool, and because a bit of humor goes a long way. And then he followed up by saying, but I won't look at his butt. <laughs> well, up until the but I won't look at his butt, I was all ready to go, somebody say amen. Uh, Give me a hallelujah. It's true. And he is a god descended upon Earth. He absolutely is. And I am going to write the <sighs> God named Bill story. That's great. Okay, what did you want to look <laughs> um, at now? Scroll up so we can find that list of things, uh, or maybe it's down. 
that uh, Pine Tree sent us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, we, we should explain to our, our listening audience um, that we try to be organized <laughs> in, when we're doing this show, which basically consists of me pasting a lot of stuff into a Word doc with the title, like, Things We Need to Talk About on the show. Mm-hmm. And, then we kinda, and I want you all to know that I do supply it's the true. many contributions to the list. It just Lena pulls it together. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. So we sit here with the computer in front of us as we're recording this because this is recorded on an Apple PowerBook. Yes. Um, and we're just looking at the list going, what the hell are we supposed to talk about now? And anyway. <laughs> so um, this particular list was sent to us by um, someone that we know and love. From Pine Trees. Yes. Um, a fanfic writer, and you should check out her stuff. But if you recall in previous shows, we have said, you know, send us your sightings mm-hmm. of EVEs and butt shots. And she and graciously she sent us some. Which we're thrilled about. So um, we're definitely going to be checking these out. But why don't you read these so that people can check them out on their own, too? So there are three. Um, two of them, uh, well, they're, they're from different episodes. So the first one is from um, the Edith, Edith Keeler episode, City on the Edge of Forever. When Kirk and Spock are jumping through the Guardian of Forever just as they materialize in New York. Okay, didn't somebody once have a theory that the, the transporter makes him hard? Maybe yeah, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I have the mad cow, too. So we'll check that out. The mad cow. Support our theory. Okay, um, the next one is in the one with the um, uh, the fake vomit. Right, Operation Annihilate. Thank you very much. Um, when he beams, beams down to Deneva after the scene with his sister-in-law in sickbay, watch as he materializes. See, yeah, there it is again. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, in the episode Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, when he's in sickbay questioning the guy who stole the shuttle, watch when he gets hailed from the bridge and is talking to the little plastic monitor. I don't think it's an EVE, but it does look like it was underwear optional day at the old Shatner household. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I wrote back to Pine Trees and said, my dear, I believe it was always underwear optional day (laughs) at the Shatner household. That's so funny. So, yeah, you know, keep keep those coming. Uh, ha, ha, that, wink, wink. That's great. Nuts. We definitely are going to look at those. You can look forward to many more wonderful screen caps. It's true. So there's one other thing on our list that I'm, I'm going to try to uh, open right now, if I can do the cutting and pasting in a timely fashion. Well, I can sort of start You can talk while first. I'm waiting for this. This is when sh- how Shatner changed the world, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's going to be a TV thing on called William Shat- How William Shatner Changed the World, and it's about how Star Trek technology um, is becoming more and more a reality. So the title of the show, I believe, is a little misleading because I don't think Bill had much mm-hmm. to do with the technology end of that. Uh-huh. But... Um, the interesting part is this is based mm-hmm. on that book he wrote. I'm working on that, which I didn't particularly care for because it's basically a science book yeah. and, and not as interesting and entertaining as I would have hoped for. But um, in this show, I believe Bill does the narration or something. So, you know, we'll be watching for that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's doing it. You you gave me that book back and it's sitting on my bookshelf. I haven't oh, okay. read it yet. I think it's going to be on Discovery Channel. Yeah, yeah. that would be good. So uh, we're getting the spinning pinwheel of death here. Yep. Very nice. So maybe we'll just skip that for now and do something else. Oh, we also wanted to talk about the the three or four episodes of Boston Legal we've seen so far this season. Earlier we had commented on, isn't it interesting that these new characters, the <laughs> <Right>. new young <laughs> lawyers, have no interaction with the older lawyers? And finally, it I realized it's because they are being cut into existing episodes. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Boston Legal 
about three quarters of the way through the first season, went on a, what was supposed to be a brief hiatus. They put Grey's Anatomy in their time slot and said, wow, this does really well. Just save those episodes. You can show them when you're in your new time slot. But then they started their new season where they'd gotten rid of a lot of actors and brought in new actors. And so they're sort of cutting these mm-hmm. together. And so you'll see a scene like with Laurie in it, who is no longer part of the cast. And I think, you know, they, they've got like four or five episodes, so mm-hmm. we've got one or two more to see. So it's just interesting to watch it. Every now and then there's a brief scene, like with Candace Bergen and the new female lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they brought Candace in and said, you know, just just film this. It's, it's three minutes, and it kind of knits this together. But I was getting this feeling until I thought of that, like I was watching two separate shows. Yeah. And I am! Yeah. I am multitasking with television. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's really strange how it is two separate shows, and they had some other plot line with The Hobbit that we just didn't bother watching because it was too stupid for and words. And it's The Hobbit. I mean, who cares? Yeah. Is anybody watching for these younger actors? Well, anymore? you know, I, I really cannot believe anybody is, and if you read the press, any reference to this show, it's interesting. They either refer to it as the show starring James Spader and William Shatner, or I've seen a couple references to it as William Shatner's hit show, Boston yeah, Legal. Yeah, And so, you know, the, the focus of the press and the fans, I think, is on the older characters being played by these incredible older actors mm-hmm. who have wonderful history, wonderful um, interplay with each mm-hmm. other. Great chemistry. Yeah, because they know how to act. And you wanted to talk about Spader. Oh, that's right. So I, I read this on another group that's totally unrelated to anything Boston Boston Legal or Shatner or Trek or anything. Um, and this person was telling a story about how he knew that James Spader is very nearsighted. And we've seen him on talk shows wearing his glasses. Uh, apparently he doesn't like to wear contact lenses, like they're uncomfortable or something. So when they're filming Boston Legal and he's on camera, he's just taken off his glasses and really can't see anything. So it's part of his acting style now that he has this sort of unfocused look on his face that you, I noticed this in the courtroom scenes too, that when he's supposed to be looking at the judge, he's not really focusing on the judge. I mean, you can see Mm -hmm. it that his, he's not looking where you would expect him to be looking or he's not focusing where you would. And you only ever see him really focusing when he's very close to someone like three or four feet away, Mm -hmm. but it's because he can't see because he's blind as a bat. Well, and it's interesting uh, that you mentioned that because I think Spader in many ways was one of the pioneers of that that niche of that sort of mm-hmm. character where he has this distance mm-hmm. from other characters and now you're you're giving me a, a very interesting <laughs> insight into what contributes to that and I think also there is that may also be a con- contributing factor in what we see as the chemistry between Shatner and Spader is because mm-hmm. their scenes are played very close. Yeah. And so there we can see him focusing, actually seeing and responding to whatever Shatner does mm-hmm. or the expression on his face, where when he has to play across a courtroom from a witness, he can't tell. Mm-hmm. They could be, you know, sticking their tongue out at him and mm-hmm. flipping the bird, and if it's not in the script, he wouldn't know. Yep. It's true. It's it's very, very interesting. interesting. I think I just gave away Spader's acting secret, so. Yeah, well. Oh, well. He, yeah. Now he's going to have me killed. Uh-oh. Well, we'll get William Shatner to defend you. <laughs> or defend him. Defend him, yeah. Well, you could. I think you could take him, you know? Spader? Yeah. Totally. Totally. I could take him. Yeah. I'm probably taller than he is. <laughs> he doesn't look that big to me. Yeah. He might. He outweighs me, though, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, he'd have you on, on weight, but... 
All right. Um, well, that was great. And uh, what are we doing next? Are we going to watch a Trek episode? Now? I think we may be watching a Trek episode. Okay. And then we have like oodles of other things to talk about too. So let's hear some of that fine, fine music from White Command. Yay! And then we'll be back. <laughs> We did. We totally lied. Because it's show 19. <laughs> we played a little Halloween, pre-Halloween <laughs> trick on you. We TP'd your podcast. Yeah, totally. We played a big tricker. <laughs> and the the trick was, in case you didn't catch it, we didn't watch a Star Trek episode. We watched other things. We watched other things we were going to, and then we just got distracted, and yep. then it got late. And, you know. and the dog ate our homework. And, and, yeah, like that. Um, so what we did watch, instead of watching Star Trek, was um, two things that we got on a video uh, from the, the source for all Shatner stuff. And one of these things was an episode of the show called One Step Beyond. That was done in 1960. And the other was very weird. Um, it was... The British version. The British version, thank you, of This Is Your Life, starring William Shatner, 1989... And that was just plain bizarre. It was so strange. Let's talk about that one first. Okay. So This Is Your Life. This was right after Star Trek V had come out, right? Yes. That's what, yeah. And it was done by the English guy. And um, it was on, well, it's hard to tell whether the set was really orange or whether that's just because the film was old and it was a zillionth generation copy. But, but we do know everyone had bad hair. Everybody had That's really, really bad hair. And all of Shatner's daughters had extremely bad 80s clothing. Really mm-hmm. horrific 80s yes. clothing. And his wife, Marcy, had some kind of weird hairdo thing going on that was just not very flattering, I yeah. have to say. Yeah. It didn't look so good. So the way that they have it was that um, it, it was like in this little conference room. And they had these ballroom chairs set out, and people just kind of perched on the edges of their chairs while all this was going on. And the the weirdest thing was they'd say, and now, here's your buddy from high school, yeah. and the guy would come out from backstage, uh-huh. and there were all these people sitting there who never never talked. Yeah, like, who are they? Who were they? We're going, who are they? Who are they? And just as we were going, who the hell are all those people? They panned them, and we both... Both went, my God, it's Bill Clinton. There was a guy sitting in the end, sitting on the end in the uh, second row. Yep, he looked exactly like Bill Clinton. It was Bill Clinton. So funny. At William Shatner's This Is Your Life. Life in 1989. And you know what I think? 
Yeah? I think he was trying to get some sh- some uh, pointers from Bill on charming the lady. I think you're probably right. And he obviously didn't learn quite as well as he should have because Bill never gets <laughs> in the kind of trouble Bill Clinton. <laughs> really? What we also noticed about this show was that um, th- there were um, some men, like Nimoy was there and Adrian Zemed and his high school buddy, mm-hmm. um, and then women, right? So his wife and his daughters and Heather Locklear by... I don't want to say video, it was film, I guess. Something. Julie Harris also by film. And, you know, for the women, um, excluding his daughters, it was very clear that he had slept with all of them. Yes. You know, you just look at them and you're like, oh, he did her. He totally did her. Um, There was some really fun stuff in this, though, which uh, part of it was the the high school buddy came out and told a story about Mm -hmm. how they were um, at camp together as counselors. And and Bill was supposed to do a sketch, which apparently was so successful, he had to do it many, many times. And they made him do the sketch. And he did it. He was great. you know, what, 40 years later or something. And he just spontaneously did this mad scientist Mm -hmm. sketch, totally hammy, totally Mm -hmm. shattered, which I'm sure is how he did it when he was 16. Mm -hmm. And it was very funny. It was good. It was really good. That was good. So I I enjoyed that. And um, Nimoy told the bicycle story again. And we have to tell our bicycle story. It's not really our <laughs> bicycle story. But um, buddy buddy of mine, T. Jonesy, who's a, a fanfic writer and uh, and it does lots of things. But anyway, at one point, she told me this, and knowing her, I believe it. She was at a con where Shatner was going to be at the con. And before he came on, she went through the audience trying to get people to agree that if he told that damn bicycle story one more time, they were all going to get up and leave. (laughs) But they didn't. They didn't. It's just too bad because people really should get up and leave when that story is told again. He's got new stories, though. Yeah, he does. He does. So, uh, yeah, there was the bicycle story, and then Adrian Zemed told a silly story about Shatner driving really fast, which ended with him saying that Shatner did this very um, fast drive and and had to stop the car at a certain place, and he was terrified because they were driving so fast, and he said, and Shatner stopped the car, and he hit the mark. And we were like, of course he hit the mark. He's he built. fell. He's he always built. hits the mark. Jeez, jeez, get over it, Adrian. Can always do another take. Yeah. 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 Always. Even if Adrian Zumet is, is dead, you can always do another take. <laughs> and uh, who else was on? I'm just trying to remember. Um, um, well, we s- said uh, Nimoy and the T.J. Hooker people. Mm-hmm. Julie Harris, Heather Locklear. It was kind of short. It was only it was, half it an hour. It was very, very short. But, you know, it was interesting, too. When they showed some old photographs, mm-hmm. they were all ones I hadn't seen before. Yeah, they were kind of good. That was fun to Those see. Those were nice, yeah. And and there were people that, you know, at the end, so he, they, they get done with the thing. It was only 30 minutes. Everybody stands up and kind of walks to the front of the stage, like Saturday Night Live. And we're, like, looking at this little old lady. Like, who the hell is this? Yeah, now, is this, you know, Bill's Aunt Fern? Or, you know, his kindergarten teacher? The, We'd love to hear from them. And we'd you know? love to hear from them. But anyway, so that was that was fun. Oh, oh, and the last people they brought out were his son-in-law and his little grandson, who yeah. now has to be about twenty. Yeah, right? yeah, because yeah. that was eighty-nine. So it was uh, it was kind of weird, but also pretty interesting that they chose to do that. So Bill has been on This Is Your Life, which yeah. I didn't know until nope. a couple weeks ago. Nope. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Then um, we also watched One Step Beyond. And it was an episode called The Promise, which mm-hmm. I had heard was a, a very good role for Bill, good performance, good script. And I have to say, yes. It, he was great. It was very surprising, it, and it's something I had never really heard of until recently when we were going to get this tape, and people were saying this is really good. He plays, it was 1960, right? Right, 1960. When it was filmed. And he, it's it's 
you know, just after World War II, it takes place in England, and he is a German living in England mm-hmm. who had been shot down there and had stayed on. And the thing is, I w- one of the things I was surprised by was uh, Bill does a really good accent. It mm-hmm. kind of goes in and out, but, you know, other times when I've heard him do an accident, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So this was very surprising. And the other thing I liked is that he and the other uh, person who played one of the Germans... They didn't do the the cliche what mm-hmm. you know that sort of heavy German. It was, it was just a slight accent, it and was it good. just it communicated really well. Mm-hmm. I thought so, and it was a wonderful story. And the wrap up that the host Newland did at the end was completely superfluous. Oh, God, and, that was offensive and undercut the the message of the episode. But yeah. it was really good, and it was a story I found completely engrossing. It was it was good. Um, it was one of those. You know, less is more kind of stories that mm-hmm. they used to tell on, on Twilight Zone where it was really character driven and it was all about, you know, something that may or may not happen to a character that you come to care about. And it wasn't, even though it was one step beyond, it wasn't science fiction or anything out of the ordinary like you had mm-hmm. to, to spend your disbelief to imagine right. that it would happen. But it was really good. I liked it. And there was Kirklight. And there was Kirklight, which was amazing. Yep. So that was great. It was a it was a very good story, and so I recommend to Shatner fans that you want to see this. He looks really good. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's a good story and a good performance, and that's really nice because in in a lot of the early things I've seen, he always I think does a good job, and he mm-hmm. always looks good. But sometimes they're just really weak, bad scripts. Some mm-hmm. of the episode TV he did and and things. This was as I say, a strong story, and it was told well. And I like what you're saying about less is more. It was definitely told in a sort of minimal, let's not overplay this Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. I mean, there were no, there were no stirring speeches. No theatrics. No theatrics. There were no, like, moments where you knew something was going to happen. And, like, no foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. which was good, too. It was just kind of like, this is what happened. Yeah. And I I was thinking as we were watching it, when when he was that age, even though his toupee was not so good, um, you could really see that the camera was loving him even then. The way they were shooting him and the shots that really lingered on him and mm-hmm. the way the director was kind of ha- making his face the focal point of yep. some of those shots and having him turn in profile and then turn back, you know. Right. What a great face for the camera. Yeah, well, and so much of this was shot in very tight yeah. close-up. And in, in black and white, we should say. It yes. Was in black and yes. white. He looked very, very good in black and white. He looked very good in that. So um, we also wanted to um, note that uh, a couple of shows ago we talked about um, the ad that Shatner had done recently for the Tom Sesney law firm. We played part of that. Of Cincinnati or Cleveland uh, yeah, or something. something like that. And then we're watching this tape and um, the person who made it for us tagged on another ad at the end of it that Shatner did for a totally different law firm. In, like in New Hampshire or someplace like that. And then... Um, so I'm Googling this, trying to find out what's the name of it, and it turns out that he's been doing other ads for other law firms. I think his agent probably sent out a thing to law firms saying, for this fee, yeah. William Shatner, Denny Crane, although he's not doing it as Denny Crane, will do your commercial. It's true. So here's a little thing that I found online. It says that there's an ad firm of Brown and Crouppen. Um, it uses actor William Shatner in TV commercials and plans to run his picture in the phone directory ads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, you will do anything. You will do anything. That cracks me up. So I think we're going to have to, um, like, keep a running total of all these ads <laughs> that he's doing for different law firms just to see how many it ends up being altogether, well, whether you it's know, in, the, like, the why? 10s or 20s. I mean, he had this great role as Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. 
which for many, many years did not pay anything. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain, you know, doing the cons and everything, but there's a certain limit to how much he can capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't do commercials for Starfleet. But suddenly, <laughs> this is a whole new venue for him. You know, I can do things for law firms. Yeah, yeah. And he could start appearing at law firm cons that will be attended by law cranies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know that we'd be going to those. We wouldn't? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I said I don't know if we would I'm be. sure he and James Spader have their own version of the bicycle story. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, <laughs> He hid James Spader's glasses. <laughs> James Spader locked him in his car. Bill had the car towed. Bill fed him to his dog. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I'm sure they get up to all kinds of, of mischief and antics and tomfoolery when, when they're together. I have a horrible question. Yeah? It's something actors do. That it, I hate. Do you think they call each other Jimmy and Billy? Ooh, I, you know, I don't know that Spader would dare to call him Billy, frankly. Think he calls him Mr. Shatner? Yeah, I think he does call him <laughs> Mr. Shatner. <laughs> yeah, I think he calls him Mr. Shatner. That's so funny. Oh, okay, so, um... I wanted to read another really funny email that we got. Um, was it? I think last show we talked a little bit about um, the Star Trek experience and somebody who had sent uh, a, a funny story that, that we had read in a book about that. And lo and behold, we got email from a guy named Chad Nelson who says um, uh, he's listening to all our podcasts and this is his show, he says, uh, his story rather. My dear wife, um, Carola, let me talk her into walking to the Star Trek experience in Vegas on our last visit. I was in seventh heaven. We sat in Quark's bar, and I started to check out the lunch menu. Suddenly, Carola became stiff as a board and was staring over my shoulder. Her head slowly swiveled, and I had to tear myself away from her look of dread to find the horror she was tracking. This is a great story. It is. One of the Klingon actors had made eye contact with her and maintained it with a vicious scowl as he made his way to our table. You could have shattered her with a light tap. Of course, I was elated and attempted to start a conversation in Klingon. <laughs> oh, it's a Klingon. It's a Klingon. That had, of, uh, of course, to end in Federation standards. Somewhere near the end of the dialogue, Carola started breathing again and agreed to take a picture for me. And he's enclosed this little picture of him with the Klingon who's looking um, suitably pissed off, even though he's got red eye from the photo. Yeah, well, he looks very ferocious. I just thought that was a great story. So we have to go. We do. You know, and I want to thank Chad for uh, sharing that story with us because, I don't know, there was something about the story, the whole idea of the cruising the lunch <laughs> menu and a Klingon comes up and interrupts you. It just, I was kind of being iffy because I don't think I really mm -hmm. want to go to Vegas or anything. But this made me go, we really have to go do this. Yeah, we have to, to go report and, and do a show from uh, Las Vegas. I bet we could interview a number of interesting people there. Oh, my goodness. Well, we could do you probably... Think we could get a, a Klingon to go to the gaming table with us and, and you know, play? Probably. <laughs> You know, if we went there... Even if we lost, oh, I mean, he'd let us, you know, yeah. we could scrape in the chip. I think we could probably interview a bunch of those people at the experience for the podcast, because they mm -hmm. would love it if they just got to be in character and do their thing. It'd sure. It would be hilarious. Sure. It would be so funny. We'd we probably... could tell them about the lame-ass Klingons we saw at the creation con. Yeah. <laughs> you know, meet a, meet a Ferengi. We'd probably get press passes to that, too. Yeah. They'd let us in for free. <laughs> wear our shirts, our Look at His Butt shirts. Yeah. We are going to have Look at His Butt shirts soon. We are finalizing the design. We're working on it, even as we speak. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Well, we were speaking before and working on it while we were having dinner. <laughs> now we're not talking about it anymore, but we're still thinking about it. 
Um, okay, I think we're getting a little silly here. I think um, so. But I did want to um, mention one other thing. There's a funny, <laughs> funny site called What Is Your Battle Cry? And it's one of those things where you put in a name and, and um, the gender, and then um, what it does is it gives you what your battle cry is. So I, I think you should read this because you read it before, and it was so funny. Okay, this is what Captain Kirk's battle cry would be, according to this totally scientific yeah. website. Which, which I will definitely um, put a link up to so you can all find your, your battle cries. And uh, what I want you all to imagine is someday in the future we are going to meet William Shatner, and we're going to get him to say, look at my butt, but I also want to get him to say this. <laughs> So here's what it says. Lo, who is that sprinting along the mini-mall parking lot? It is Captain Kirk, hands clutching two hardened pitas. (laughs) He roars mightily. I'm going to fuck you until Western civilization implodes and trade you for a candy bar. (laughs) I can so imagine him saying that. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, what happens if you put in look at his butt? Let's try it. (laughs) Here, we're doing, should I put it all in, well, here, well, we'll do it all in, all right, all right, so, here, we're doing on-the-air um, experiment, let's see what happens, if we put in, look at his butt, what is our battle cry? <laughs> I'm going to torment you past the point of no return. <laughs> oh, that's not so funny. Do one more. Do, which one? Denny Crane. Oh, Denny Crane. A. Denny Crane. Denny Crane is a guy. All right. <laughs> Wow. Amazing. I'm going to pound you until Western civilization implodes. But the, read the thing that comes before. Oh, though. okay. Yea, verily, who is that skulking out of the mountains? Oh, jeez. It is Denny Crane, hands clutching a jeweled meat hammer. <laughs> he howls apocalyptically. I'm going to pound you until Western civilization implodes. I think that's just right. And this is totally scientific. It is. It's science and technologies. Wow being entertaining for us (laughs) for us oh i like that very much so um you should all go to what is your battle cry and put some information in and um send us your results and we'll we'll compare them what's your battle cry and And remember our email is look at his butt at gmail.com and if you end up getting the same one as captain kirk we want to meet you we want to meet you we We want to see photographs yeah Absolutely. We want to see you in a Kirk light and going <laughs> up the stairs. Mmm, baby. Um, so one more thing that we wanted to mention is that um, next week's show might be a little bit late because we're going to be at BassCon, and we might be doing the show at BassCon, which means it might just take me a little longer to get it up, uh, depending on what sort of condition we're in after <laughs> Sitting around talking about Star Trek all weekend with our insane friends. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be excellent, yeah. So expect lots of stuff from BassCon because we have many, many people to interview and there will be fiction readings and all sorts of fun stuff happening. That's right. Yeah, yeah. so just just a warning. We'll be posting stuff in between. That. Oh, I wanted to, to say one more thing. Yeah? We're going to be posting a special Halloween treat. We are? Yeah, the one we talked about at dinner. The ghost story. Oh, yes, of course, the ghost story. So it won't oh. actually be part of the show, but something will go up for you Yes, to uh, to sit around in the dark and, and be shivered and thrilled by. It's a scary story, and it is a treat. It's a real treat. So you guys should you should be very excited when that will go up. So um, I think that's it. And I think we're through. Let's have that outro music. Wait, we're going to pound you until <laughs> Western, Western civilization, civilization implodes. implodes.
beer and played the music, we decided to check out some other bands. <laughs> and we typed in James, James T. Kirk. Now, before we had typed in Captain Kirk, but sometimes you get different responses. And this is what it says. This is the battle cry. Lo, who is that running across the terrain? It is James T. Kirk. Hands clutching buzzsaw hand <laughs> extensions. Wow. He grunts thunderously. I'm seriously going to spank you into a fine spicy powder and plug you into a power plant. Woo! Woo! Oh, that is wonderful. Sweet dreams, everybody. Oh, so funny.